Welcome to Legend Lore with Luis and Lauren, where we talk about Pathfinder 2nd Edition. I'm Luis, and I'm a senior developer at Paizo working on the Pathfinder Lost Omens line. I've been playing tabletop RPGs for over 15 years, and I've written for dozens of Pathfinder products. I'm also the DM for Valiant, and I write the Monstrous Physique blog here on the No Direction Network. And I'm Lauren. I've been playing RPGs for 20 years, I've contributed to multiple Pathfinder blogs and podcasts, and I'm currently working on a PhD in the field of animal intelligence. And this week, we're talking about goblins. Now, before we get started, we want to say that although we know a lot about what we're talking about when it comes to Pathfinder, we are not providing any kind of official answers or rulings. We're here to offer advice so you can use it however you like. Remember that the official word from Paizo is the only official ruling out there. But also, don't forget, it's your game. Do what works best for your table. So, Luis, I think my favorite thing about goblins is that these are like maybe the oldest ancestry there is from like real world you know lore standpoint right like the goblin is the thing that went bump in the night for like aeons of humanity (laughs) yes uh they've been around for at least the little bit i looked into it it seems like the oldest records go back to about the 12th century in terms of things that could have been called goblins or the origin of the word goblins and they kind of get conflated with malicious spirits or sprites or fey or other monstrous things. So yeah, I think they've been around for quite a while. And what's cool about goblins is that they've always kind of... They haven't evolved that much. Like, when we did the elves the elves one, we were mm-hmm. talking about there's all these different kinds of elves. Like, you have the Christmas elves and you have like the fantasy elves but goblins i mean sure there's different kinds of them but they're all kind of these little green critters who are up to no good you know like that doesn't change that much no matter what kind of goblin you're looking at you just have these different flavors of no good i guess Mm -hmm. yeah i think if you look at goblins most anywhere they tend to be little gross weird ugly rascals you know, rascal, I guess, is putting it kindly <laughs> in some cases. Um, I mean, compare the art of goblins from Pathfinder to goblins pretty much anywhere, and they'll be rather similar. It, they tend to be green and gross and have big ears and stuff. So, yeah, they're, they're kind of universal in a way that, like, dwarves and elves aren't because everyone seems to want to give their own take on dwarves and elves and, and everything else. No one really cares if goblins are the same because they're just kind of meant to be little jerks that are in the way or fodder or um, start in trouble. So it's fine if they're still just kind of the same gross guys that they've always been. Yeah, and even though that doesn't change much, you do have like these smaller takes on like what a goblin is. Mm -hmm. Like they're not... In, in a lot of settings, the goblins are these feral, savage, like, non-human things who are dumb and they're vicious. But in other settings, like, goblins are these wild inventors who are just crazy for their contraptions. Mm-hmm. It, it, but I don't, think you, I don't think you really get anything all that different from those two, do you? No, not really. I think them working with junk and stuff kind of does translate to that invention thing. You know, 
they they live among garbage and trash a lot of the time so it's not a surprise that some people decided to extend that into oh well they learn how to tinker and, and build stuff um but yeah that's i think the only major deviation of goblin that i've really seen in my experience at least now in pathfinder things don't change up too much you still have these little green troublemakers mm-hmm. right but we also have the addition of some of what I think is the coolest goblin lore that there really is. Or should we save that for the culture talk? Uh, I mean, I think we can talk about them in the culture bit. But yes, um, they, they, there is enough stuff going on with Pathfinder goblins that I think that's, they've kind of carved out their own little distinct niche uh, where people can recognize a goblin and then recognize specifically, oh, yeah, that's a Pathfinder goblin. You might not even recognize, like, consciously what it is that makes you think that's a Pathfinder goblin, but there are definitely things that read Pathfinder goblin more so than regular goblin. Now, I also think goblin kind of feels pretty good as a player race now in second edition. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always the case that it was one of the core ancestries, but I think it really fits. I know there's a lot of controversy about that when it was first announced. Yeah, I think the troublemaking aspect, to keep putting it lightly for goblins, the troublemaking aspect uh, of goblins and the fact that the ones presented up until that point were usually evil made a lot of concerns, especially for things like organized play, where, you know, giving people an excuse to play evil or or chaotic, uh, just straight up jerks. Uh, was a you know, sign of concern, right? You don't want to encourage people to do that and then suddenly disrupt play for everyone else. Uh, but I think people know how to, you know, uh, they know how to separate the traits of an ancestry from the character they want to play and still have a good time, right? And there's been a lot of changes in, in setting lore um, to accommodate these more heroic goblins that... You know, I think a lot of people will take into. I also think that players who would have been a problem as a goblin are going to be a problem regardless of which ancestry they're actually playing. Sure. You know, goblin's just another excuse to do something they were probably already going to do. Yeah, absolutely. Now, when you're making your Pathfinder goblin, you, you're pretty interesting. Because you're, you're not going to get a lot of hit points. You're going to start out with six hit points. You're going to be small. Nothing surprising there. But your speed is still 25 feet. So you're just as fast as all the long shanks are. Yeah. In addition to all of that, you are getting boosts in dexterity and charisma, which I think is a little different from the way it was in first edition. I think they had a different set of boosts. But charisma, I think, here is accounting for the fact that they love singing. They love storytelling. They're, they're just kind of <laughs> they're more confident than they ever probably have any right to be uh, but you know it shines and then they have an ability flaw in wisdom which kind of explains how they end up doing things like setting themselves on fire and stuff sometimes I do see people ask like why do goblins have a bonus to charisma but you know I think it's kind of because in the traditional textbook dictionary sense of the word, they are charismatic. Mm-hmm. You know, they're fun. They make people smile. Goblins are, they're a hoot to have around. So mm-hmm. I think th- I think it kind of fits. 
and they'll be able to speak with <laughs> the other races of the realm because they have common, they speak goblin, and they also have a number of additional languages, blah, 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 all that stuff. But they do have the goblin trait. Yep. And finally, they have dark vision, which, you know, they can see in the dark, just like dwarves and other ancestries. So dark vision is always good. No complaints there. There's a few different kinds of goblin, uh, I guess, heritages that you can hail from. Mm -hmm. You could be a charhide goblin, so you're a little bit more resistant to fire. You could be an iron gut goblin, so you're real good at eating whatever you have on hand and not getting sick from it. Yeah, you might be a razor-toothed goblin where your teeth are particularly sharp, or in goblins, you might have even sharpened your teeth so they're even sharper, and you get a jaws strike that does d6 of damage it's just pretty good you could also be a snow goblin who grew up in frigid lands and has a bit of cold resistance the last of the core rule book goblin heritages is the unbreakable goblin which i think is my favorite that's the one i tend to gravitate to or you just start with four more hit points so your base hit points from the ancestry is 10 but also you take you fall as if you had fallen half the distance anytime anytime you're going to become an impromptu bouncy ball you know which just kind of helps you just kind of helps you when you have to jump out a window but in addition to that we also have two more goblin heritages from the character guide the lost omens character guide you could be the the tailed goblin so you're kind of like a monkey goblin and you have a tail you can use, or the tree dweller goblin, who's particularly adept at living in forested environments. So, looking at ancestry feats, a lot of them are tied to doing things like burning things, or tinkering with junk, or, or riding wolves and wargs, because that's what they do. But uh, a, a particular <laughs> set of, of ancestry feats that I like are, are the bouncy goblin feats uh, from the character guide which work in tandem with the Unbreakable Goblin Heritage. So you, you absolutely need this heritage. It's a prerequisite. But when you, um, you're, you're kind of more elastic, you're more flexible, you gain a bonus to acrobatics and, and tumbling through. But at higher levels, you can take other feats like the um, Roll With It feat, which lets you, uh, <laughs> when you take uh, a hit, you can kind of just get launched like a pinball and tumble around uh, as a result and you take less damage just because you kind of leaned into the hit um, and if you take the unbreakable unbreakable er goblin feat at 13th level you also get even more hit points and can even bounce up back into the air from when you fall so it's really 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 goofy and it's kind of really fun I think my two honorable mentions for favorite goblin feat is definitely burn it. It's simple. You do more damage with fire, mm-hmm. and I love it. And my other... I literally just said the word. And my other honorable mention is goblin weapon familiarity? What? It's such like a vanilla such a vanilla feat but <laughs> i think the goblin weapons are so cool i just love them and it, it's hard to play a goblin that doesn't use one but the one the the real goblin feat i'm gonna pick is goblin song because one of one of the best things about pathfinder goblins in particular 
is their annoying little songs, and this codifies it so that now when you ha- go to organized play, you have an excuse to get on everybody's nerves with these little rhymes. It's fantastic. So talking specifically about Pathfinder goblins, the goblins of Paizo have their own little culture, so to say. <laughs> They're deathly afraid of horses. Yep. <laughs> They absolutely hate dogs. Yep. (laughs) I think pickles are a true delicacy. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Let's see. Oh, just off the top of my head, another great one is that they can't, they, they, I don't know that if if they can't read, but they choose not to read because the, the words on the page will steal their thoughts. Yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Yeah, um, goblins kind of got codified very early in Pathfinder's life, uh, literally with Pathfinder Adventure Path number one. Uh, the story is that Paizo asked um, Wayne Reynolds, who does all the cover art for the rule books and does the iconics and things like that. Wayne Reynolds was asked, hey, make some goblins. We're, we're setting up our own world and give us you know, a unique take on goblins. And he drew these. Uh, with the kind of football-shaped heads, the very wide heads, which is very distinct for the goblin look. Uh, that, that's what makes a piezo goblin, even if you didn't realize it, is when you see them like that, you're like, oh, that's, that's specifically a piezo goblin. Um, there's that look, which suddenly inspired James Jacobs, who was writing that first adventure, to come up with a bunch of ideas about what makes these goblins different than any other goblins. And he came up with the 10 fun facts about goblins, which is featured in the very first forward and the very first adventure path. And you've already covered a couple of those uh, fun facts that they hate horses and they hate dogs. And usually dogs and horses hate them in return, which is why they come up with different weapons uh, like the dog slicer and the horse chopper to take out these animals that they hate. They raid junkyards that they use to, to make their scrap weapons. They love singing. They're very sneaky, surprisingly. They can get very quiet uh, and, and scarily <laughs> uh, quiet and, and hide. Uh, a little off, you know, they, they kind of tend to do things out of nowhere. Um, they're voracious. They like eating. They love fire. And because of their big heads, they get stuck in places easily. And of course, they believe that writing steals the words out of your head, that, that, that writing steals your soul. So it's those 10 facts that kind of form the basis for the Pathfinder Goblin and kind of turn them into the really kooky, offbeat uh, goblins that you know in Pathfinder today. So, Luis, where in Galarian are, do good player goblins come from? They can come from anywhere that goblins show up. Uh, it turns out that uh, one thing that we, we've done to try to explain where what, what's been going on with goblins you know, for a long time, specifically in the character guide we mentioned that, turns out that part of the reason that goblins seem to always just be kooky and offbeat and, and like what people call a little crazy is because a lot of them are super young, right? And they haven't like matured in any way. And that's because adventures keep going into goblin tribes and goblin hangouts and slaughtering goblins left and right and not letting them grow up or not leaving them behind with parents that that can teach them stuff about the world, uh, which is really tragic when you think about it, right? Like, they are the fodder of the, the adventurer, level one adventurer world. And as a result, it kind of ruined goblin society for a long time. But 
now that more people are understanding, yo, let's leave goblins alone. If we kind of leave them alone and, you know, maybe placate them and maybe kind of uh, keep an eye on them so they don't get into too much trouble, they actually end up being pretty cool people. So goblins typically hail from places like Varicia, uh, which is just full of different types of goblins. There, there are lots of goblins up north in the icy reaches of Irisin and the lands of the Linorm Kings. There's also goblins down south in Avistan in the uh, Isgur Cheliax area. And most notably, there's goblins in Mediogalti Island, which is the island where the Red Mantis assassins live. Uh, but they just happen to have goblins that live among the jungles there. And these are the, the uh, monkey goblins that live up in trees and hang from their tails, uh, which are pretty cool. But any goblin can really hail from anywhere at this point, especially now that they've been kind of promoted to player character ancestry. Uh, anyone can be a heroic goblin from anywhere, and there's even been a couple of adventures now where, where we've seen heroic goblins rise up uh, and, and help people out. Well, speaking of anybody can be a goblin, so let's say I want to play a goblin character, but I've never made one before. Let's come up with some good classes that, that we might take, or, mm -hmm. or some, some good ways to come up with a name, or, or how do you come up with your bad goblin accent? Oh boy, yes. Uh, well, one thing about goblin names is that they really like easy-to-pronounce names, right? Anything more than, like, a uh, syllable or two for your name, or at least for, you know, your first name and then surname or whatever, uh, is probably out of the question. You want super easy-to-pronounce goblin names, and if they happen to rhyme with a lot of words, that's even better because then it makes it easier to put into song and, and uh, into poems and, and stories and whatnot. I also think that for your familial name of your goblin, you can go with something related to where they're from, what their clan was, something related to their profession. Goblins really don't have a lot of cut-and-paste conventions, you know, like yeah. with elves and with dwarves, you know what the familial name is. It's your family's name. It might even be your clan's name. With goblins, who knows where they get these things? They just have them. Yeah, the, the, the lore states... Yeah, at least one suggestion is that sometimes you don't even give a goblin a name when it's born. You just wait till it can start talking and it decides on its own name, right? So, yeah, these quote-unquote family names, surnames, are probably just things that they gave themselves. Think of um, one of the goblins from the Weeby Goblins line of adventures. It's called Rita Big Bad, and that's probably because she decided, oh, I'm like big and bad and strong, so I'm Rita Big Bad. Yeah. So, Luis... If you were going to play a goblin, mm -hmm. what are what, what if you were going to play three goblins? Three goblins what, in a trench coat. Yeah, if you're going to play that, okay, <laughs> what would each of those trench coat goblins, you know, be? Um, all right. So the first goblin I came up with is one goblin called Boggles, uh, and he's a goblin investigator, and the whole idea is that um, you know, the name Boggles comes from probably hearing, oh, it boggles the mind, confounded by a mystery, you know, boggles, boggles. Um, and I think boggles probably assume that when they say it boggles the mind, they call, they're talking about him and they're calling him the mind. Oh, because he's so smart. I'm boggles the mind. And the reason he's an investigator is because he's willing to get down and dirty to figure out stuff, right? He's the kind of investigator that wouldn't just like observe a scene and try to 
put together what's going on. He's the one that will lick the blood <laughs> to figure out what kind of blood it is. He will sniff every part of a crime scene up and down. He will get down and dirty to, to find every piece of evidence necessary to, to solve a crime and, and find the perpetrator. Uh, he's very smart and, you know, probably fits along with civilization and settlements pretty well. No problem, except that occasionally, you know, he likes gross grease off of a, you know, the, of a blade to figure out what this grease is. He, seem, he seems like a very tongue-forward investigator. Yes. I brought forth one of one of the classics. Like, I wanted to pick interesting ones, but... And, and so my other two are really interesting. But I, I'm going to start with the classic Goblin Rogue. Because there's just something... To me, I'm a rogue main at heart anyway, and I just love goblins. So this one is Nyla Night Whisper. It, who, who isn't super fleshed out other than the fact that it's just a traditional goblin rogue. Mm-hmm. I envision, I envision, you know, maybe taking, taking jobs and going through the city and, and dealing with, I'm, I'm picturing not a silly goblin, kind of like a goblin who's, who's a little bit more serious. Like, I, you know, I do what I got to do to get by, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. So my second goblin is a goblin gunslinger. Um, I've seen a Goblin Gunslinger in play back in first edition, and back then goblins also had high decks, so it was particularly effective, so why not? It's tiny controlled explosions at any time that you want. That's a perfect kind of thing for a goblin, uh, especially if you kind of put your own gun together, or if you have something like the, the Fallout 3 launcher that you can put any junk into it and it just oh, launches what, it out. <laughs> what was that thing called? I forget, but, but that's like the perfect kind of goblin weapon. When you yeah, it, it is. But uh, this goblin is named Kachek Bang Bang. Uh, that's just named after what happens when he goes to shoot a gun. So Kachek is the sound of him loading a gun and then Bang Bang. Uh, and yeah, it's just very apt gunslinger. Um, most likely uses a shotgun or blunderbuss or something like that and i can imagine kachak bang bang being the type of goblin that rolls around a lot jumps from you know column to column almost in matrix style uh combat uh and is very good at what he does which is destroying whatever he needs to but is not good at avoiding collateral damage as a result (laughs) I had a goblin gunslinger in first edition just because it, it was cute. I had like the the fantasy equivalent of a Kentucky long rifle, like mm-hmm. a, a musket that was just way taller, way longer than the goblin itself, and she had to like shoulder it like like it's a like it's a missile launcher to fire it just because it's just because it's cute and fun. I I almost brought that to the table today, but instead I decided to go with the Goblin Inventor, which I haven't played yet. But it's just such a archetypical goblin, you know, that I think this would just be a lot of fun making these crazy inventions, especially because the inventor already has a bunch of rules for your things that explode. Yeah. Like this is just perfect for a goblin. So I've named so I've named this goblin Clank Rust Brain. Um, because Rust Brain is how people probably talk about him and, you know, clank for obvious reasons. I don't mm-hmm. know. I just thought it'd be a cute little goblin to play. I'd, I'd like it. 
So my last goblin is kind of the most, even an investigator, I think, is kind of in line with stuff. But this last goblin is the most off-brand goblin, in a sense. Uh, This is a goblin druid who I imagine as a caretaker, as kind of like doing good things overall. Uh, Goblin Druid, who I named Mies, because that rhymes with trees and breeze and freeze, a lot of nature words, right? Perfect for all those goblin songs. But Mies is a goblin that is still loving fire and whatnot, but uses it to help forests because, you know, forests need to burn sometimes. And Mies knows how the best way to burn a forest, part of a forest down, do those controlled burns that are necessary without losing the entire forest so they're a druid they know you know the the right balance of fire and tree to not cause too much trouble and not ruin things for all the animals that he likes uh and yeah it's that's a very druidic thing it just happens to lean really into the the fire that goblins love that's kind of interesting to think of like a spiritual burn you know Mm -hmm. like you enjoy the fire you love it and you love the trees but you burn it and kind of think about it in awe. It's like, hmm, yes, this is what needs to happen. That's interesting. I also went off-brand with my last one, but this is a goblin I've actually played. Uh, the Goblin Knight, or Goblin Cavalier, who rides a uh, a, a farm pig. <laughs> what was that pig's name? I think it was just Oink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I just wrote a farm pig named Oink. Uh, this goblin cavalier named Gertie Sharpteeth, and and the armor is all made up made out of like pots and pans, and she got the whole idea for being a knight out of out of fairy tale books. And I don't know, I just thought it was really cute, and it was a really fun little character. Um, I I kind of want to play it again. So is this the time when we got to sing our goblin song? Oh yeah, we have to do our silly voices. Uh, so I I only have. I only have one goblin voice. Like, I think everyone only has the one goblin voice. Yeah. So you were kind enough to put together a goblin song for us. So let me see if I can if I can do a goblin song. Um, burn it big and burn it down. Goblins rule this silly town. Sounds like a goblin to me. Right? Sounds like a goblin. Uh, I think I'd do something similar. Burn it big and burn it down. Goblins rule this silly town. Oh, that was good. That was good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, just do a scratchy, kind of high pitched, and you kind of got a goblin at any time. Yeah. I, I know when Vanessa and I were coming up with characters for some of the uh, for some of the a- actual plays that we're in, she was going to play a goblin, and I talked her out of it once because I told her, I said, Vanessa, you're not going to want to do a silly goblin voice for all 20 levels, right? And, and that was mm. pretty convincing. What do you think of that, Luis? Did I give her bad advice? Um, I think Vanessa would have figured out a way to make it less harsh, you know, because that, that can, depending on how you're doing it, if you're not being careful, that can kind of be bad for your voice or make it tough to, to keep up for a long time. I'm sure Vanessa could have figured out a way. And, I mean, even if she didn't play that goblin, she now does goblin voices for all the interludes uh, on No Direction. <laughs> she, she she sings about, you know, wrap-ups and shout-outs and Pathfinder news and all that stuff. So she she's still doing goblin voices. It's just every other week now. That's very true. So let's get some questions from our patrons and listeners. From patron Dom, 
Recently, it seems that goblins are put into the silly ancestry category. Can you give us some fun examples of serious goblins that you may have encountered in play? Oh, I have that goblin gunslinger that I mentioned that inspired uh, the one I, I made here, who was a, a gunslinger in a Reign of Winter campaign, uh, of all things. Um, and just, he was like he was always looking to get the drop on people like not only did he have a gun but he had stealth because he's a goblin and very sneaky so he it's almost being played like an assassin of sorts uh i think the most notable thing he ever did was sneak up on a sleeping dragon and then times four crit coup de gras the sleeping dragon <laughs> uh which is uh really rough let me tell you because you know I don't think anything really survives that. You got to roll really well on your fort save to survive uh, coup de grace. That's times four crit. Um, so he's got he got really good at doing that, sneaking up ahead and kind of being our lookout and scout um, without like being concerned about like I got to burn things or I got to be really zany and goofy. It's just very serious, no nonsense. And then you know he would have fun when it t- comes time to like shoot things. But like between encounters during exploration, he's just kind of the the, the assassin type, which is really scary which is kind of leaning into that whole thing about goblins being particularly sneaky in a very scary sense i'll be honest i'm kind of i kind of perpetuate the stereotype of the silly (laughs) goblins like it's the thing that i really like and that i really enjoy and i just haven't done a serious goblin yet but i do think that any of my goblins in a more traditional role, like the goblin fighter or the goblin rogue, I think that I would make those a little bit more serious. I, I don't have any examples from play, though. I just haven't encountered it yet. Yeah, but I mean, the, even some of the examples we gave today, you know, like you mentioned, the the rogue or my druid, you can do that very seriously. It just happens to be that they take the things that goblins do kind of seriously. You know, they don't necessarily have to always be singing a song when they're burning stuff and things like that yeah from user crassy knoll why are goblins so good at alchemy seems odd that they're both cannon cannon fodder and chemists well i think part of that is that thing i mentioned with the investigators where they're willing to experiment and try things and also uh i think a lot of it is just leading into their love for fire where you can find new ways to make fire if you can find a way to put a fire in a bottle so you don't have to carry a torch all the time, that's great. The moment you throw this bottle and it makes more fire, cool. That That's more stuff. When you, when you learn that you can do that, you're going to figure out as many ways as you can to create fire out of nothing that doesn't just evolve a torch because a torch kind of already needs fire to keep going. So kind of being able to produce fire from nothing is, is a great thing. And then, you know, you, you test gross stuff and mix it all up and sometimes you end up with concoctions that I don't know, let you get weird noodly appendages that let you stretch out further and stuff like that. And then you realize, hey, this was fun. I'm going to try to do that again. I think that it kind of relates to, I, I don't know if we mentioned it. I think we might have missed it, that goblins do get an ancestry flaw of wisdom. And I think that the wisdom penalty is why goblins are good at alchemy. Hear me out. Listen. Goblins are super curious, okay? But they don't have the wisdom to kind of respect fire or or respect explosive chemicals. They just kind of experiment with it anyway. 
and they just kind of figure it out and and make it work. I think this is why they're also good at like inventing things. They're not afraid to fail. Now, Luis, you got to tell me because this is a question that I'm also curious about from user Brian Lane. Why are goblins so endearing in the Paizo zeitgeist? So I think it all comes down to that very first bit with burnt offerings. You know, you give people a kind of more unique take on goblins and people pay attention. And then you realize as Paizo that people are paying attention to the goblins. They're kind of having fun with it. So you lean, you lean into it. If you look at the first edition game mastery guide, there are a dozen or so, if I remember right, a dozen or so different pieces of goblin art where they are doing different things related to the game. So there is a goblin holding a giant d20, I think during an explanation of some rule stuff. There's a goblin dressed up as a dragon. It's got a little costume and that's kind of cute. There's one dressed up as a knight. There have been goblins used as a mascot for pretty much the entirety of Pathfinder's life. And the moment you go from, oh, they're scary and weird and crazy and fire and all that stuff to, yeah, but also look at this cute one and look at this other cute one. And this one, hey, look, there's four of them and now you get to play as them and they're kind of our unofficial mascots and weeby goblins and stuff. Every single time that you do that, it becomes a little more charming, a little more endearing. So after 10 years of like, yes, they're scary, but also look at how kind of cute and kind of silly, but not like in a off-putting way they can be, you know, in a charming way they can be. You kind of end up liking it. And I think that's how you end up with them being a playable ancestry in the long run is enough people end up liking what you're doing with the goblins and think they're cute and they think they're kind of fun. And, you know that's that's they get promoted to to an ancestry and now they're kind of the unofficial mascots of uh, of the the game and i think i could see that happening to kobolds with this edition it seems like kobolds are now getting their turn at <laughs> doing that as well so if you see kobolds as a playable ancestry in three don't be surprised but yeah it's just the the ubiquity of goblins for the entirety of first edition there was a goblin player companion there's goblin adventures uh, they're just all over and that gives you enough time to learn to love what they were doing I think a lot of that too is made possible by that unique goblin art by Wayne Reynolds yes that, that characteristic football head no 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 that's not just they're not just goblins they're pathfinder goblins mm-hmm. you know they're kind of their own really kind of cool thing D&D goblins don't get the same kind of love because they're just, they're just kind of, goblins. They're just goblins. They're not Pathfinder goblins, you know? And I think that helps a lot. Next question over from our patron, Grady Wang, who's asking, what's a class combo with goblins that's unlikely or usually not selected because it doesn't fit the popular view of goblins? And second question, what's a possible goblin folk hero who might be able to change people's views on that? Well, some obvious ones that stand out is like a goblin champion is going to be a little bit more uncommon. They don't mm-hmm. typically tend to champion things that aren't selfish, I don't think. I mean, they could. You know, like you could be the champion of a forest and be like a druid, or you could just be like a champion of anything, really. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be as common. But, you know, the more I think about it, a goblin who was a champion of something, like especially like a champion of, of a clan or of an area would be the best candidate to become a folk hero. Really? You know? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of spellcasters just don't really seem to fit the goblin mold in general, particularly wizards. But I I don't think I 
see anything beyond maybe like a druid or a witch for goblins usually in my experience I don't see many wizards don't see many sorcerers don't see clerics uh, and so I think any spellcaster tends to be a bit more unlikely uh, champion was a good call and I think the other one that comes to mind even though it's not necessarily class just yet in 2e but I don't think I've heard of anyone playing a psychic goblin yeah that's so weird so like that would be pretty cool uh, especially if you lean into like the uh, like carry fire starter stuff right like you know that's an obvious connection there but like telekinesis goblin is pretty fun idea especially they're just throwing scrap all over or whatever but that would be a pretty unique thing and I think if you could do that right I think a lot of people would be really excited about a cool goblin that levitates and throws things with their mind from user Ace Wizard. In the lore, goblins are illiterate, so how do you justify like a goblin wizard? Um one thing we did in first edition with uh one of the Weeby Goblins pregens who's an alchemist. Alchemists have formulas, uh formulae. They have a formula book where you technically would write down all your formulas and then prep them in the morning. And the way that goblin did it is by making a, a scratch and sniff. Uh, formula book <laughs> you, he would like put together like the formulas he wants based on like oh what do I need for, for like my uh, alchemist fire and what do I need for uh, this other one and, and he'd scratch and sniff like oh yes I need this reagent and this reagent um, and another thing you can do is pictograms right you can have pictures and symbols that are not words I think goblins are fine with that especially if you look at literally that core uh, or that cover art from Burnt Offerings. There are um, goblin bits of graffiti, I think, about uh, that show that goblins are still willing to, like, draw pictures. They just don't want them to have words. So if you're a wizard, you might be smart and realize, like, I still don't like words or whatever, but I have ways to prep this via pictures or, or other symbols that I can use. But then you do have to get over the classic, like, how do you learn a spell? And I think I've got the perfect example of how to learn a spell. You eat it. <laughs> you've got you got a scroll of magic missile and you want to learn magic missile, you eat the scroll. Done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there's even precedent for that. In uh, with witches and the familiars, the familiars you burn up the the, the scroll or just feeding the scroll and they, they eat the ashes or the, the the scroll as is and that's how they learn. The, the magic so if familiars can do it why can't goblins do it yeah from patron Severin Laureate what are some versatile heritages that might be unexpectedly fitting for a goblin oh boy versatile heritages I think the first thing that immediately comes to mind is Dampier imagining a goblin coming up biting you and then also you know drinking a bit of your blood to get power is really great uh, that's that's one. Uh, I think I also like the idea of. I mean, an obvious one is tiefling, right? There's very mm-hmm, mm-hmm. very obvious ways to get like fire related stuff with tieflings. Um, but I think you could also do beastkin, uh, especially if you're like a wolfkin, uh, or I guess you could be a wargkin. Um, maybe not, but you know. There, there, there are animals that goblins really do associate with um, that aren't hogs or horses that they actually like. Uh, it could even be a goblin dog or a goblin snake, which are 
distinct animals from regular snakes and regular dogs. Uh, so you could be a beastkin that, you know, you, you kind of have that power that those animals that you're associating with uh, are doing stuff. And then it's particularly good for, for weird things like giving you a climb speed or, or um, you know, extra senses that make you particularly strange. I don't think you mentioned a goblin ifrit, did you? No, that's also perfect for fire, yes. That would be so perfect. Yeah, I would, I'd would. i play the crap out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess the other one that comes to mind is a Ganzi, because they're all chaos and whatnot. Oh, and yeah, no, that's just good. Put all that stuff together. But I think the question is unexpectedly fitting for goblins. So I'm actually going to say Asimar for that. Um, it, there are a lot of ways to get abilities that are going to be good for goblins, like flight uh, through Asimar or um, <clears throat> ways to keep yourself healed when you keep burning yourself <laughs> or burning things around you through Asimar. So th- there's there's some good things that can be done with Asimar. Uh, good things through the Celestial one. Um, the Would it look weird and you know be a really interesting roleplay challenge? Yes, I think it would, but I think that's also some of the fun. Well, Luis, let me see if I can get this without butchering it. All good times must come to an end. We're done with goblins now, my friend. Because that's all we have for you today. Make sure you check out the rest of our content on the No Direction Network. If you like this show or any of other blogs or shows, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash no direction because it's the support of our patrons that make this all possible. Until next time, I'm Luis. And I'm Lauren. Thanks for listening to Legend Lore. And as always, it's been legendary. Legendary.